0: Hi guys, Um, thanks for joining joining Donna and Cheryl um, from Now Is Your Time. And um, today's podcast is Life Lessons with Heather part two. So Heather's story was so incredible that we're actually splitting it into two separate podcasts for you guys so that you can enjoy it in two really glorious bite-sized chunks. So in part one, we heard all about how Heather really hit her pit a few years ago. I know you'll have listened to it, but Heather had lost her sister. She had her um, baby and then separated with her husband. Then she lost her dad, who was just her best friend. And then she lost her job. And then to top it all off, was kind of told there's no comeback from that. You can't go back. You can't see them. We just need to move on. And that's where we left Heather at the end of part one. Really kind of Heather, we, we were sitting thinking, where do you come back from that? So we thought, <laughs> sort you of know what, what happens, happens next? next? This is better than like, you don't get this like on Dallas or dynasty or like, we literally, you couldn't write that kind of journey.
1: awful journey.
0: no, you no, know, when I
1: tell people about that year, most people are like, they say the, oh, like these are all the most stressful things that you do, you know, in your life. Mm. And I had all of them in basically the run of seven months. Yeah. And I had three young kids at the time. At the time, my kids would have been seven, five, and two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it everything really, really came kind of crashing down. And at the same time, too, when um, this kind of leads into the so that was all Friday, what happens on Saturday? Um, mm-hmm. The way I had uh, set up the separation from my ex husband, the biggest thing I didn't want was for my kids to experience any um, back and forth. I didn't want them to have two houses right away. I wanted the transition to be really clean for them. Mm-hmm. So what I did was for that entire first year, well maybe year and a half, um closer to was on the weekends that he would have visitation, I would clean the house, make the food, get everything ready, and then I would leave the house. Our like what had been the family house it was my house. Mm-hmm. And he would come in. Mm-hmm. So the kids always slept in their own bed. They were always there. They were always, you know, they didn't, they experienced one parent at a time, but the food itself is still, (laughs) that's okay. So they never had any sort of, they didn't have any separation. They, they, their lives got to go. They always had their toys, their dolls, their everything. Nobody packed up and moved. So that happened to be on a weekend that I was. Going to be leaving. I was staying with a friend of mine. I actually dog-sitted for her. I dog-sat for her because she was traveling a lot. So she said she'll arrange her travel for every other weekend. And then sometimes she was there, sometimes she wasn't. It was great. It was a wonderful system. It was a great break for me. I got to be quiet and alone and hang out with some dogs. And it was good for her because she didn't have to pay anybody. So it was wonderful. So the next day, um, so we were October 26th. So October 27th, there was a big Halloween party that a friend of mine had and uh i woke up on saturday morning and i didn't feel numb i didn't feel anything but i really had no idea what i was going to do i i was i really didn't i i had applied for employment insurance but didn't know if i was going to get it i did have a notice from my doctor saying you can go on stress leave this is you are definitely experiencing stress. But I didn't have any answers. So I was filled completely with what ifs. I had no idea. So my response to that was to start drinking at about 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I was driven to this party and continued drinking and it was the whole day, the whole night. Apparently I was a lot of fun, (laughs) pictures and videos. There's, there's, there's quite a few pictures and videos. I was dressed up as Laura Croft from the Tomb Raider video series. (laughs) Um, I broke a chair.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Yep. I fell badly and broke a chair. They haven't let me forget that one Mm -hmm. yet, (laughs) but I didn't tell anybody. That at that party, I didn't tell anybody what had happened. I, I, nobody knew. Because I didn't know what to do yet. I didn't have an answer for the inevitable. What are you gonna do? Mm -hmm. So Sunday, I woke up. (sighs) That was a bad day. Oh my goodness! Because I'm not a frequent or extreme drinker in any stretch. And when you haven't had a hangover in a long, long time, and then you do, you're like, wow, this is awful. And that was a whole day Sunday. And I kind of, my brain, I may have done it to myself because my brain just needed that time to shut off. I did not move. I did nothing. I was very sick, but I just lay there. There was no reading, no, no music, nothing. Mm -hmm. I was in a dark room. Mm -hmm. And then Monday morning, I woke up, and I, I had gone back home on, on Sunday evening, so I woke up in, in my own bed very early, and went on the internet and registered, got the forms to register my company. And it seemed obvious to me for some reason It was kind of like I'd taken that day on Sunday and gone, well, I don't know what else to do. So let's do this. Let's build this.
0: remember having that thought, like it wasn't get another job or I just have to work three jobs. It was, can you remember almost like the moment where did that,
1: that actually all of that stuff hit because to me, registering my company on that day didn't mean I necessarily had to be committed to it. Okay. Almost. So the, the idea was, it literally happen Tuesday, because Monday I had a bunch of stuff to do. I was like, okay, this is going to be a path. No idea how that's going to go, but this is a path. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, on Tuesday, I was like, oh, that means I have to work. I just gave myself a job. Oh, no, um, okay, yay, or something, I'm not sure. But there was a moment where I realized because this is when I was gonna to have to tell people. Mm-hmm. So that really, really brought it home. And there was a moment that I realized, I can do anything. I, I have nothing holding me back now, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, any of the ways I defined myself in January, by November 1st, I no longer had. Because even defining myself as a mother, I now defined myself as a single mother. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. So aside from the number of children that I had, there was nothing the same in my life. Absolutely nothing. And everything was a question mark. And when everything is a question mark, you get to pick your answers. And I was certainly not picking the, the easiest path. I wasn't picking the path of least resistance. I wasn't picking, but I realized at that moment that I get to choose
0: yeah and how did that feel like how
1: very 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 scary if I'm sure I've never gone skydiving but I am absolutely positive that making that decision is the exact same feeling that if I ever go skydiving I'm gonna have the second I step off Not the sec, not five seconds before, and not once you've already done it, but the actual moment of choice where you jump, Mm -hmm. this is it, you're going to do it. Or if you're tandem jumping, the moment that other person jumps and you're like, oh crap, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. That's how it felt. And then I told my first person and I think that is actually one of the most important things to do before you make these life choices. Cause when you're, when you have nothing and you don't, I didn't have a, I had no social support at the time. I didn't have a, a system around me. I didn't have people. I had very much as, as things got worse and worse and worse, my tendency is to go deeper and deeper, deeper inside. So I had fewer people, fewer supports, fewer everything. So I, at that point chose very well my first person to tell that person was extremely supportive and was like, Oh, awesome. This is something you should have always been doing. This is great. This is a fantastic idea. So that was if the first person had said, "Mm, really? That would have been really difficult. I think. I think it would have because at the time I didn't have enough confidence in what I was doing because I didn't have any proof that I could have been shaken. So I think having, if you're going to do something like that, having that person who says, awesome, go, Mm -hmm. is really vital. Like that's something that you can do is choose carefully who you tell when you're going to make.
0: That's what we were thinking. Did you, were you aware of being really conscious about who that person was?
1: I am now and I wasn't then and I'm very, very lucky because after that I told a bunch of other people who were significantly less supportive. Okay. Okay. And if I had not already had that first initial, you can do it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: if I hadn't already had confidence, even just in the way I told people, I told people after I'd built something almost. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was people there were people who were very close to me that years afterwards were still saying so when are you going to go get a real job right okay and that shakes you really badly when you know you don't have the faith of people who've known you your entire life but you seem to have the faith of people who've only known you for a couple of years mm-hmm. It's hard to tell who to listen to. And during that time, there's no way I could listen to myself. I was broken. I was gone. I didn't. I, as a, as a person who is here today, did not exist. Mm-hmm. This is an entirely new person. They say we change our, all of the cells in our body are switched out every seven years. They all die and they're all recreated. So we are literally what we have fueled our body with for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So the people that had known me in the last seven years had this idea of me then they've had to grow and adjust and and change with me to who I am now, because I am completely different. I I really take that seven year thing a little bit more seriously now because I've reinvented myself so many times over the years. So who you surround yourself with during that is really, really important too.
0: Absolutely, but I think the thing is, you know, we found this over the course of some of our life lessons is, sometimes when people are putting you in that box, that's their projection, right? So that's them projecting on you what their limiting beliefs are about their life. Yeah. you know, you wouldn't get a millionaire entrepreneur telling you, "Oh, that's not going to work." Yeah. You know, you get someone who's stuck in their nine to five and has taken the people, you know, the, the, the paycheck yeah. every single month. They're yeah,
1: the same Abs- absolutely, but... absolutely. I find the more more the people who were open to it are the people who said, "I would love." I would love to do that. And I feel like it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. The people who cannot see it, yeah. were like, this is a terrible idea. Yeah. Don't do this.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, okay, I'll humor you for a little while, which was worse. I'll humor you for a little while, but now it's time. Like, you know, you're, you're a mother of three. This is not what you should be doing. Kind of yeah. those kinds of attitudes. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah
1: were a lot of 2013, Mm -hmm. and I I kept all of my failures very private, and I kept my successes private too, but because I was able to just kind of put my head down and just keep going, and keep going, and keep going, um, at the time, I I ascribed all of that to luck and help, Mm -hmm. all of it. I was like, I am not special. I am not better. I am not smart. I am not good enough for this. I am not that person. I just got lucky and I just got help. And I spent three solid years of the business negating anything that I had ever done
0: it was all just luck it was all yeah.
1: just fluke yeah absolutely i was like oh i couldn't have done this 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 was only because all of these other things and i even negated my own sense of choice yeah. i chose this I did all of this I went without food I chose between paying the mortgage and paying the power bill I made sure my kids never knew how poor we were but they did start learning a lot more about the value of money because I would tell them like at Christmas this is our budget and we don't exceed this so you're gonna have to fit your wants within this budget and these are little kids so it was a little bit harder for that stuff and Mm. I was able to manage a lot of it but there was times of just i should give this up i should if i had any brains at all but at the time my stubbornness completely took over and i was like you know what if i give this up all of those people win they become right Mm -hmm. and at that point i already people who had no idea (laughs) how bad the first couple years of owning a business is (laughs) They were like, this is amazing. I would love to do this, blah, 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 blah. blah. You're so inspiring. I'm like, I can't give up for them either because they haven't chosen to do this yet. So if I'm like, oh, yeah, no, not a good idea. I could very, very easily kill someone else's dream without even knowing they had one. So I took on, I tend to take on responsibility in general, but I took on responsibility very specifically for the people who had supported me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to prove the people who hadn't supported me to be right. And I didn't want to let the people down who were really thinking, maybe I can do this too. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty extreme case. I don't, nobody in our area has, that I know of, has anything near my story. People have different ones that are all, like, cool. all kinds of, like, crazy things. There's one of the biggest business owners around here who talks about when he was homeless for 10 years. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, but he didn't have children at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So actually.
1: there's always that balance of, like, my story's super extreme. <laughs> I know that. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily unusual, and I think the people with the more extreme stories are the ones that just there's something in us, and we will hang on just one more day, mm-hmm. and that's the other. There were so many days that, like, I did take on a part time job mm-hmm. when because I I had gotten myself off of employment insurance, which meant I couldn't go back on it immediately because there's this window, and then. I got sick of being poor, especially telling my kids, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So I went and I've always, this is what I've done my entire life. I've always run more than one job. Sleep takes a back burner, food, eating takes a back burner, life takes a back burner, but I, I'll always take another job. So I did that and I took as many hours. I was teaching this um, little science program to kids in schools and it was even a nice break for me. That was really, really fun. It was really, really, really cool. So I did that for a couple of years while I was doing HALA. So I would be dressed in full-on business clothes. And then I would put on my science, my mad science lab coat over it yeah. and button it up so I didn't ruin my clothes because I couldn't afford to buy new ones and go and do science experiments with little kids all over our school district. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, then I remember the next really pivotal moment in HALA where I was like, okay, we're still not making a lot of money, can't really hire. And I realized I had to hire because I wasn't getting the work out as quickly as I needed to. I'm like, there's a lot of work. This is crazy. And I was like, I have to give up my job. My part-time job. I have to give it up because I'm too successful. That's Weird. (laughs) That's so bizarre. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that was a really, that was another really, really big where there was a choice then too was, you know what, if I hire, that means someone else becomes dependent on me Mm -hmm. and on this being a success. And I already had, I had someone else I was working with that they were dependent on me. So I didn't want to take on another person to help with the business that I wasn't sure was going to succeed. It was still sort of growing. So this was 2015, another time where I was like, you know what, do I stay or do I go?
0: Mm-hmm. So I know you said have like, it's like the, the stubbornness, the want to prove people right and want to just make other people proud. But there must have been that kind of instinct of just knowing that this was your path, that this was your, I'm saying the must be like, did you feel that there was something guiding you that this was the right place for you to be in at that time?
1: I remember when I was still working at, at my job at Sylvan, the one that they fired me, um, on Sundays, I, I have a tendency to get migraines and I have ulcers. And I have ulcers because I have migraines because I take ibuprofen and it, burned a hole in my stomach and I've all these chronic pain issues and things. Yeah. And on Sundays at around two o'clock in the afternoon, every Sunday I used to get sick. I felt horrible. And then I would get worse and worse and worse, and I would stop talking, and I always had to read a novel. I couldn't read a self-help. I couldn't read anything that was fiction. I couldn't read social media. I had to read a novel, and probably one I'd read before, because it was comforting and an escape.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I did this for years, two or three years at Sylvan. Sundays were awful. Mondays were worse. Monday mornings were terrible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I hated my job and I was in a toxic environment the second monday that i worked in hala sunday i spent the day voluntarily planning and i felt amazing and i was like wow this is the best sunday i didn't put it together yet but it was the best sunday i'd had and i had it with the kids and i didn't run out of energy and there was no tired and i actually kept them up late because i was like let's go do something and because there was i didn't hate my life anymore yeah. So,
0: know that you hated it. That's the
1: no. I when you're in the water and it's boiling and you're the frog and the water just gets turning up, you don't know it.
0: You didn't know there wasn't the signs were actually physical, but you you didn't didn't read those signs. No, not at all. Yeah, in alignment for you. So,
1: and so many people I've talked to have said the same thing. Everybody that hates Monday morning now. I've always been a morning person, but Mondays are my absolute favorite day. Monday morning is my favorite time of the entire week because every Monday morning, I haven't screwed up yet that week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have all the energy, all the plans, all the everything. I've taken the weekend to forgive myself for whatever I screwed up last week. Fridays are my worst day because by Friday, I'm like, I'm wrung out. I'm exhausted I'm done. I'm ready for like the rest of the weekend. I need to relax. I need to not think. I need all that stuff. But then when Monday morning comes around, Sunday night and Monday morning, Sunday night planning the session, I'm like, yay, I love Sundays. Mm-hmm. Yay, I love Mondays. And it was if somebody had told me back when I was at Sylvan to pay attention to how I feel then and say, It's worth not feeling like that the risk and the what-if is worth the uncertain like the uncertainty is worth removing the pain Mm -hmm. but if you don't pay attention to the pain or you ascribe it to different things or whatever this is just how I am on Sundays that's not normal Mm -hmm. really normal is Waking up every day excited. And most people, I think, now are living in a world where they're like, you know what? Excitement is for kids mm-hmm. and honeymooners. Everybody else is just yeah. miserable all the time, and that's life. And if you want to be happy all the time, you are selfish, you are unrealistic, yeah. you are, you know, living these expectations you're never going to have. That's not true.
0: Yeah. Is- Contentment
1: is possible for everybody
0: yeah but imagine if everybody aimed we've just been reading the book you know about the universe has your back gabby bernstein and it's all about that joy Joy is your natural state when you are born born happy yeah yeah at
2: some point
0: of your life experiences that's kind of knocked out of you like you said it's kind of struggle is real you have to struggle to be happy
2: you have Mm
1: -hmm. to And if you want different, those were the people who were really, really negating what I was trying to do. They're like, basically what it came down to was they were saying to me, who are you to want to have that level of life? Mm -hmm. And what they were saying was they don't have that and they don't believe they can ever have that. So how dare anybody have that? And I didn't see that either then.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So now when someone says they want to take a risk, I'm like, is it going to be Better than where you are right now. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, well, I'm really unhappy right now, I'm like, then any risk is worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because you're gonna be unhappy, maybe. I was. I mean 2013 sucked. Yeah. But every Monday morning I was excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was worth the risk, definitely,
1: Yeah. It it really, really was. And all of this stuff that I wish people had said to me, like, you know what? If you're unhappy, that is an unnatural state.
0: But it's yeah. telling you that those things so because we, we we talk about this a lot and that that really that person you were then from now is your time perspective from our business that's exactly the person we want to speak with right because they're the people yeah. who almost don't know that they're unhappy yeah. they kind of it's how do we wake you up and bring you in that state of consciousness that makes you understand that that is not how your life has to be yeah, yeah. there is more. Yeah you can be happy yeah. and be at home and see your kids more yeah. and still earn good money, but you've got mm-hmm. to make some decisions and make yeah. some choices and maybe take some risks, yeah. but look, look at what you yeah. get.
1: Yeah. At the, at the end, like, you know, six years later, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. absolutely. You
0: get That reborn yeah. person. Yeah. So I suppose the question is if you, well, you are speaking to people who are listening today who may be sat like you were, Mm -hmm. and feeling that way. What are your what's your advice that you can give them to get into the present to where you are now faster? Yeah, (laughs) or even get there
1: Um, Okay First thing is paradox of choice is gonna kill you so be aware That when you are given you're given ultimate freedom you can choose anything most people are going to choose something that is a path that they're comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, we have the same relationship over and over again. We have the same job over and over. We have the same boss over and over again. We don't even know how and why we got in there. So before you make a move, figure out what gets you excited. Yeah. Have a little, I mean, I didn't have patience, but I had been growing this side business thing for a while while I was still at my job. So I had the benefit of, ooh, I like this and I'm good at it. This is cool. And huh, people make money doing this.
2: Yeah.
1: So if you don't know what that is, you're like, you know what? I've been in data entry my whole life and I have no idea what else to do. Figure out what you do as a hobby mm-hmm. and then Google that word. And then the word jobs, <laughs>
0: yeah uh (laughs) uh-huh
1: and like it's ridiculous how many jobs there are out there for the stuff that you think is like super fun
2: yeah but we
1: think about hiking you can become a hiking tour guide yay
0: but at school though we tell you you know study what you're naturally good at and then somewhere over that that message then becomes do what earns good money yeah
2: yes exactly
0: do what you you know you can get a career out you can get a career yeah don't worry about that's that's for growing up (laughs) yes exactly do what earns money yeah Uh,
1: yeah so whatever you do to escape your day-to-day stuff which for me was writing designing and making pretty things and I'm a really big um Watching other people succeed has been a really big thing. That's why I was a therapist. That's why I became a teacher. That's why I became a mother. And that's now why I became a marketer. That for me was always the thread was I get to watch other people reach their potential. And I kind of get a little impact when I'm the one that helped them do that. That's a really big, important thing to me. I could never do something that didn't help somebody. And I need to see it. That's the other big thing. I need to be there for that impact.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah yeah.
1: you know yeah. that I put something in place that somebody might use someday that I'm like no that's not enough for me that doesn't get me going at all that does not excite me so I figured out right away that I need to work with small base clients and this and this and this and since then I've expanded a little bit because small base clients didn't have enough money so then I'm like okay I'm gonna go look for larger clients that are more aligned to my beliefs and guess what they are out there and you can make more money doing it that way
2: yeah. but
1: to start out with what gets you excited? And literally Google that word and jobs. You would be amazed what you actually find out. So figure out what you want to do. Then if you commit to it, you'll find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know how if you have a deadline that's three weeks away, it takes you three weeks to, to do the thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's tomorrow, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to stay up all night and get it done. Mm-hmm. Do the action before you're ready. Not before you're able. Because then you're setting yourself up for a failure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: but do it before you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know that your first step is I want to be, you know, I want to be a tour guide for hikes because I, my thing that I love to do is forest bathing and I want to be outside. Well, you need to know this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. So maybe go get a side job, but know that that side job stays a side job yeah, yeah. and you, Every single day in your schedule, putting down things to move you forward. I use this guy right here. This is called the Self Journal. Yeah. It's by Best Self Co. And it's a 13-week journal. They send you a new one every 13 weeks. You set three three three-month goals. And then you achieve them and then you set new ones. And then you achieve them and then you set new ones. So this to me is kind of essential because it keeps me from getting lost in the weeds all the time. If you have another job and you start transferring all your energy to that job, you will still not be doing your dream. That dream will still be, you have to have some skin in the game. You have to have some risk. There has to be a chance of loss or you will not do it. So if you keep yourself comfortable, you won't do it. Yeah. So find a job that pays you not enough money. Yeah, and doesn't give you enough hours because that is going to make you hustle to do the thing you want to do.
0: It's your bliss it's that whole thing yeah. of following your you bliss and making sure that we do that with our kids, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. That- and do the hard things. Really, really do the hard things. If you make yourself comfortable, you will stop yourself every single time from doing the hard things. Mm-hmm. Just because we're humans, we're we're our, our goal is always to avoid pain and seek. Comfort yeah. and when we're seeking comfort, avoiding pain becomes way, way more important. So then we stop doing those things. So keep yourself uncomfortable. Yeah. If you're in a place where you're like, you know what, I don't know what, I don't know what to do, yeah. mm-hmm. do the thing that keeps you uncomfortable. Okay.
2: Yeah,
1: or you won't, you'll find in 10 years it's going to be a lot harder and you're going to be a lot more uncomfortable and you're going to be 10 years older and 10 years more tired mm. mm-hmm. and it's harder. So doing it now, like I started HALA when I was 32. Mm -hmm. All of this was going on. I was 32 years old with a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. And if I had gone back to the school system, which I could have, if I had gone back to the hospital as a therapist, which I could have, I would have still ended up here. Yeah. I just would have ended up here way later. Yeah. And... I wouldn't have had all of the other life things kind of come together that now I get to build. Yeah.
2: Definitely.
1: I had that development phase where it, like if you were an architect, it was all just steel beams and it didn't look like much. Mm. And now I'm kind of decorating the walls mm. and I'm putting a second story on.
0: And, and everybody will want to know is well: like the kids are great. And you've also met your true soulmate. You met somebody <laughs> process who literally just lights you up look at that smile see we can do you <laughs> guys for you listening but you, you know that smile is kind of priceless
1: right yeah, so definitely <laughs> yeah um during the time that I was building Hala I was I was seeing somebody who was not again not aligned with anything not a great person but not my person sort of thing mm-hmm. and even that I kept going because I needed some sort of security and it wasn't a, a necessarily a good relationship it wasn't necessarily a super healthy one all the time um but that it wasn't a problematic one either mm-hmm. what it was was the wrong person
2: the wrong yeah.
0: person yeah
1: yeah and somebody whose goal was to save me while I was falling apart mm-hmm. so that kept me in certain areas of comfort as well and when I ended that I was like I'm going to stay single forever. So I went, I've gone through a lot, like with, even with relationships where I've had to, I've reinvented myself. Mm -hmm. And the person that, that I was with at the start, like even my ex-husband was, this was not a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. Then I reinvented myself and that wasn't my person anymore. And I was like, Oh no, now what? Mm
2: -hmm. And then
1: I reinvented myself again. And then that wasn't my person anymore, but there has been nobody that, uh, we've done a couple of things very differently. So if what you're facing is a relationship change and you're like, I can't, you know, I can't leave because I'm going to be alone. Well, I was alone for a year and my intent was to be alone forever. <laughs> I was not going to have my kids have a revolving door. They had a father and then they had somebody who was in their life for about four years and the, they did not click at all. Mm-hmm should have been my first sign wasn't because at the time I was such a mess that I just needed stability of something.
2: Yeah.
1: And once I got myself stable, I was like, Oh, I did. I, it was completely, I mean, I did the wrong thing. I should not never have depended on someone for my stability because then I had to hurt him mm-hmm. because I don't need you anymore and you're not my person.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I stayed single for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have really forever I I didn't need anybody Mm
2: -hmm.
1: my best friend and I um he my best friend is is a guy he and his wife we would go out on stuff they they made me go out in public again and do all this stuff again and he was like you I need a part-time boyfriend that's what I need I need somebody who comes in for like two hours and then leaves because I don't want like I'm good. My life is full. I was playing guitar again. I was writing music again. I was going to the gym six days, seven days a week. My kids were just enveloped my time and my work. I don't have time for a person. And then I met Robbie.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was the
1: end of that. Oh, yeah. and he's just fit into everything and brought me out into things. And there was literally zero chance of us denying any of this. Like we we actually were literally talking about that this morning because we have a Thursday night date night, every single Thursday night. It's just us. So last night was Thursday night. We picked a painting from the internet and did our own version of this paint night thing where we went out and bought the colors. We bought a canvas all at like the dollar store. So it was all like $1 stuff. It was just to have the experience and oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Uh-huh. But every single week we do something different. We each take a turn planning it. This one was one of mine yeah. and choosing to put that person because there's no, they always say there's, there's not like when it's the right person, it's not work. Oh no, it's so work.
0: You have to work at it. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we both, we've had a lot of really uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of uncomfortable discussions. Mm-hmm. But he is the one person I can say, I don't know how private most people are in their lives, but I am extremely private, especially about my failures. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: There's literally not one thing that anybody could ever tell him about me that I haven't already told him. Yeah, totally. Unless I've forgotten and then I'd be like, oh yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, -hmm. yeah. You can hang out with any one of my friends and learn about every single crazy thing I've ever done because I've probably already told him. Yeah. He can talk to any ex-boyfriend of mine ever. He's friends with my ex-husband. Like, they're, they're like buddies. They hang out. It's
2: so cool. That's
1: cool. And it's because there is nothing anyone will ever have over on me.
0: Yeah. He that, knows. It's that honesty in a relationship, isn't it? That transparency. I think for me, the takeaway from that segment of your life, though, is that you met somebody when you didn't need anybody yes, yes. So you found everything within yourself yeah yep. you know you weren't looking from it from a state of need or vulnerability or it's that neediness thing isn't yeah. it i always say to people it's not that it's not attractive it's just not the right position to go into a new relationship from so you know i know there's lots of people that will need to hear that it's go away do the work fix yourself be alone for a year or two years whatever it takes yeah and then just be open and ready to see what the other
1: thing. Yeah. The other thing I noticed that I did was I can trace back. Like I was, I've never been single. My, since I was 13 years old, I have not been single. I have left one person for the next person. I've also never been broken up with. So that's, Mm. man, if, if, if Robbie ever leaves me, like I'm burning the house down. Cause I don't even know how I would handle it. I have no basis for comparison. <laughs> I told him that I'm like, you, anything you value, I have no idea what's going to happen. I do not know. Cause it's never happened. I didn't have that learning experience as a child or a teenager or an adult. Yeah. So I left, I left people.
2: Mm. But what I
1: did was I had this relationship and it had these problems. So I reacted by going to this relationship that was the opposite This Mm -hmm. person was the opposite and then that one had problems. So then I found somebody who was the opposite of that person and I reacted to that and Mm -hmm. found the next person. And I literally went along leapfrogging from opposite of this to opposite to opposite to opposite. And I never chose a person. Mm -hmm. I chose the opposite of my ex-boyfriend. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I never once chose a person for who they were. And I didn't see that until I had been single for a while. And I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) So, I made a list. It is a list of 28 things. I still have it. And I made it because I wanted to make sure I never met somebody again, Mm -hmm. ever. Like, I never wanted to date. I was super negative about dating and me. Like, I was like, I am just not that person. So, I made a list of, I don't remember, it was 22 things, and I think it grew to like 28 things. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the person that I was going to meet, Had to meet all of that criteria.
0: So it was the things that you wanted, not the things that you didn't want.
1: The things I wanted, exactly. I want a person like this. Mm -hmm. And when I made the list, I told my best friend that I'm like, there is zero chance that there is a person I'm ever going to run into in the whole world who's this list. Mm -hmm. Because this is a darned specific list. And then I met Robbie. Mm (laughs) And then I looked at my list That's and went.
0: in four years, isn't it? It's like he takes the twenty-eight point list. Yes. You have to marry
2: him. Yeah. I know
1: we are. It's crazy. I couldn't believe. It. I was reading. I was like, "This isn't like the, all of this is you all every." This is nuts. Mm-hmm. How did I meet this person? I live in a small city in Atlantic Canada, uh-huh. and he was born in California and has lived everywhere. Has been everywhere. I've been nowhere. I don't even have a passport. Mm-hmm. The fact that we met randomly online when I was on an online dating site for four days Uh and he was the only person I met. And then he ended up being my person. It was like literally when I put it out there, which had been a year before almost, Mm -hmm. it took that long, but it took that long for me to heal. And then the universe was like, okay, you're ready. Here you go.
0: I did not work
1: for it. I did nothing except chose I refused everything else
2: yeah Yeah. if anybody
1: else was I went to places and people like you know he's hitting on you I was like I don't get hit on literally ever I've never actually been hit on at a bar I've never been picked up nobody's ever approached this is not things that happened to me i would never I've never been on a first date (laughs) an actual real first date Uh, so I had no uh, but I think it's because I was putting out this I am not interested energy and I wasn't, I was very happy to have my friends, my kids, my work, my guitar, my books. I was good. Mm-hmm. And, then and then I was like, you know what? I kind of want a part-time boyfriend.
2: Yeah. Part-time.
1: I do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> literally, I want a part-time boyfriend, no commitments, no nothing, just come in, we'll hang out, you're going to go home after that, my kids are never going to meet you, but as soon as I did that, as soon as I was like, okay, I'm ready for something, yeah. it was uh, pretty much immediate. It was like, okay, here you are.
0: So, we're in a really different place now, life is good.
1: It is. The
0: business is great he is just amazing. Like we can't wait to meet him at some point. So (laughs) so there's a lot of experiences that you've had. So to round this podcast up for the guys who are listening, what would be the one life lesson that you would want to tell, whether it's your younger self or, you know, your girls and your boy when they're grown up, like what, what, what's the one thing Heather that you would
2: share forward?
1: Happiness is easier than you think. And you're the person who's stopping you from having it.
0: love that love Love it thank you so
1: much did you pre-rehearse that that? i know no no you just can somebody write it down for me so i can remember what
0: i said when you see our instagram over the next few days you may recognize a lot (laughs) of posts on there.
1: (laughs) fantastic (laughs) i will i will comment and say yay thank you for writing it down
0: It has been an absolute pleasure. And I know, yeah. um, you know, if everybody listening to this, this is just a tale of just such courage and determination yeah. and just Bravefully. bravery, yeah, and, and, and happiness is your choice. So please remember that. You know, if we didn't take anything from Heather's lessons, please remember. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Thank you. Heather.
2: Thank you.